Welcome to the Rain in Threes podcast with Alan Ray and Mike O'Connell. Hello and welcome to the 25th episode of the Rain in Threes podcast. I'm your host, Mike O'Connell, here with Villanova basketball legend, Alan Ray. A. Ray and I have a very special guest for all of you tonight, the two-time national champion, AP coach of the decade, and Naismith basketball hall of famer, Jay Wright. Coach Wright, thank you so much for giving us some time to talk some ball tonight. Michael, A. Ray, great to be with you guys, man. This is cool. What's Fan up, of the what, podcast. What's up, Coach? Uh, yes, look, was you in your house all day today? <laughs> yes, yeah. I was, as a matter of fact. How, how is that life now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm preparing. We have um, so Saturday. Tomorrow morning, I'm, I'm going up to New York. We have the, um, the CBS Bracket Preview Show on Saturday. So I spent my day preparing, studying all these teams. It's, um, it's, a lot, it's a lot more boring, the preparation, A-Ray, than being on the court with you guys every day. You guys always, you kept it exciting, I'll tell you that. It wasn't just game day. You guys always kept it exciting. Yeah, um, we definitely did. And uh, that was the beauty of having us. You know, that was, that was, <laughs> that was the beauty of having us. But I, I know it got to be so different from just everyday life, being a coach, running around, um, being in a locker room and then now being uh, a great analyst on CBS. Um, how, how is it for you now with this transition? You know, how do you feel? Are you, are you happy about it? Um, are you, are you, do you have closure now with, without coaching anymore? Like, how do you feel now in your transition now being an analyst? Yeah, it's interesting, A-Ray. I, I'm, I, I don't, I don't miss the work of it, you yeah. know, the responsibility. It's, it's mostly the responsibility, you know. I, I feel like um, a weight's been lifted off my shoulders. And not, not a bad weight, you know. I just I, – I took so much pride in, in our program, representing our school, the history. And, and you guys, you know, guys like you, A-Ray, and, and Randy, and Kurt, and Jason, and – you guys that came in and started our era, you know, you guys put in so much work and built it and built the foundation. I honestly felt like I could never let you guys down. I could never let the program slip based on what you did to get it started. We would always tell our players that, you know, about playing for those who came before us. And that no one else was putting that pressure on me, but I put it on myself. Mm-hmm. And, and it was it was every day. It was everything we did, you know. And I knew how much it meant to Villanova alumni. And, you know, every, even if I was out in public, I, I wanted to make sure I represented Villanova alumni. So it was that constant pressure. That's, that's the part that I'm enjoying, the, the relief of not that, having that weight. I, I do miss the relationships with the guys every day, seeing the guys. But like this is cool, eh, right? Like you know, being able to do this stuff with you, I'm, I, I, you know, w I would be too busy for that a lot when I was coaching. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely true, coach. And I appreciate you coming on tonight and uh, and and joining us. I'm lo I'm loving it, man. I I know you're doing a a great job. You become a uh, social media rock star, so I'm glad <laughs> to be a part of it. I, I I honestly don't know how it happened. It just it just happened, coach. Like seriously, <laughs> I don't know how it just it just happened. You always you always had that charisma as a player, man. You were the you were the smoothest man. 
always looked like he had everything under control. No one would ever, great student, did well. Socially, you're always good. Great grades, great player. You always look like you had it together. So I guess people want to follow that, A-Ray. You know, one one thing with me, and especially like with the team, is I always wanted to be liked. Like I wanted to be liked by the guys. So I just wanted to to just be be somebody that they could have fun around and like have a positive experience around. So that was one of the big things with me. I just wanted to always make things comfortable, because basketball already alone by itself is is already stressful enough. You got you go through a lot. So I just wanted to kind of be a little bit of relief from all of that. You, you know what? You were great at that for our team. It drove me crazy sometimes because you wouldn't listen to me. In, in what about when of... Kyle came? <laughs> <laughs> that was a whole nother level. But I had you, at least, <laughs> at least when Kyle came, I had you guys that would keep, by that time, you guys were mature and you could keep him under control. When you guys came in, I didn't have anybody to control you guys. You were doing your thing. I was trying by myself. But you yeah. honestly, you you did always did a great job of that you always, when it was basketball time, you were serious and committed, great work ethic, great competitor. But when basketball was over, you were always a clown, kept everybody loose, messed with everybody. I would say over our career, the two best guys at that that were really good players. Like it's it's one thing be the guy on the team that's, that's the clown that keeps everybody loose if you're not a good player. Yeah. But it's hard to be a really good player and do that. I would say the two guys that did that the best were you and Phil Booth. Phil Booth okay. was pretty good at that too. Okay. Yeah, Coach, uh, so you talk about charisma, putting a lot of pressure on yourself. Uh, it reminds me of uh, Coach Massimino a little bit. And aside from teaching you how to dress – what else did you learn from Coach Mass uh, during your time as an assistant under Raleigh? Coach Mass, I don't. You guys aren't old enough, but you, he loved nice clothes. But once the game got going, he was a mess, man. He was crazy, <laughs> ripping his tie off his coat. His hair was all over the place. And if anybody would say anything to him about that, he'd be like, "What are you talking about? I, I, my shoes, my shoes are worth more than your house." He he, <laughs> he took so much pride in his clothes. Loved his shoes because his dad was a was a shoemaker, but he was a great he was a great mentor to me, man. I, he he was he was unbelievable. I, I I got a great story. He our whole staff was Italian when I was there, and I just started the job, and we would go to an Italian restaurant every night. We go in, he'd know the owner, the chef, everybody. Like the movies, uh, my whole staff, they're all Italian. You know, we'd be there till two in the morning. And after like a couple months, I said to him, coach, you know, I'm not Italian, right? He's like, what? What do you mean you're not Italian? <laughs> He's like, why didn't you tell me you weren't Italian? I said, you never asked me. He's like, how can you not be Italian? Look at you. He goes, I would have never hired you if I didn't think you were Italian. <laughs> Don't ever tell anybody you're not Italian. So all these years later, when he passed away a couple years ago, I did his eulogy at the at the uh, chapel at Villanova. And in the eulogy, I said this story. So I said, I can finally admit, you know, I'm not Italian. I'm allowed to say that now that he's passed away. And my son did one of those those searches, you know, you do your ancestry search. Yeah. Right. And we do have Italian in us. There we go. <laughs> I didn't even know. And I didn't even know it. 
So he knew it way back then. He hired me thinking I was Italian. I, I know I know he's up in heaven. He's, he's proud. He's proud I got some Italian in me. I can see what you mean with Coach Mass being a mess. I saw some commercials with him. Um, I think it was Puma. I think he was doing commercial yeah. with Puma. His hair was all over the place. <laughs> but but those shoes was he had them he had them nice and neat. They was they was looking good. We he he did after he won the national championship in '85. Puma gave him a crazy sneaker contract, and back then people didn't didn't do that, and and they had Wildcats on the side of the sneaks and. And um, he loved that, man. We we had all custom-made shoes, but no, but he, he was so excited to have his own shoe. He loved it. And the players didn't like the Puma. You know, they wanted to wear Nike, and yeah. he didn't care. He had his own shoe. Coach, how'd you get into coaching? You know, a lot of guys get into coaching, and, you know, they just want to go along for the ride. But it seems like you had a, a, a whole different plan when it came to coaching seems like you had had a plan you knew what you wanted to do you knew you wanted to build a program because the way you ran things at Villanova uh you know I, I've been I've seen a lot of different programs I've come up in different programs even playing professionally overseas like our Villanova program was it was run much better than a lot of places so like what what got you into coaching and and where did that mindset come from about wanting to build a, a, a powerhouse program that's a great question, anyway, especially the way you, you, you said that. I, I really never, I really never wanted, I, I shouldn't say, it. my plan wasn't to build a powerhouse program. My plan, as you know, and you're going to probably get sick of hearing this, but I just wanted, I just wanted our guys to graduate, become great men and try to make them the best players we could be, they could be. And, and, you know, in the end, you know, I wanted us just to compete every night. As you know, A-Ray, we said this all the time. Yeah. I just wanted our guys to play harder, more together, be smarter, and then take pride in our program. And then I thought, like, whatever comes of that, I'll take it. You know, I wanted our guys to graduate, and I wanted our guys to come back and say, you know what, I'm glad I got my degree. I, I know it wasn't easy, but I'm glad I played for you, Coach. That's, that's really all I wanted. And because when I came to Villanova, you know, we, 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 were, we were good, but we, we weren't great. And Coach Mass had won a national championship in 85, and it was such an incredible upset. I didn't even think of winning national championships. I just, I just thought I want to keep this tradition alive. I want everybody to be proud of the program. I want the guys in the program to really feel like I came here, I got better, I got my degree, and I grew into a man. That's, that's really all I wanted. And, it just kept getting, and I, but after I was in it for a while, I started realizing, like, wait a minute, we're getting some pretty good guys. Yeah. <laughs> and when they get better, when they improve, they're really good. It was really your class, A. Ray. It was mm -hmm. like, I was like, when they get, like, by the time you guys got to be juniors and we, we started winning that, it was really when we went to the Sweet 16, your junior year, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Because remember, we lost to Carolina by one. And they went on to win the championship. And I thought to myself, whoa, whoa, whoa. This thing, this, I was like, this shit's a little bit better than I thought. Like, these guys are really, really good. Yeah. And they can still get their degree. And I didn't even think then national championship. I thought we could get to a Final Four. But I didn't think of it 
until after you guys played Carolina in that game. And I thought we could have beat them. We lost by one. And then I saw them go on to win it. And I was like, whoa, this might be a little bit better than I thought here. Yeah. And that's when I started really thinking about building something. And it's like you you also have like you got trainer in you. Like you got your your player development. That was real big when when I was at school. Um, I thought you did a great job of that. We always worked on all the fundamentals. We worked on all the details. I used to love doing form shooting in the beginning of practice when we come out. Like that was like one of my favorite things to do. Cause it was just it was probably one of the most effective things you can do. It was so small, but it helped with everything with our shot. Kyle Kyle's shot got better as the year progressed. So um just want to say kudos to you about that with uh the way you ran our program, the way you helped us um get better year by year. Basically it was day by day. You know, I just want to give you kudos for that. Appreciate the, that, man. That's, the trainer. That's what I really loved about coaching the most. Like, I loved being an assistant. And even when I was an assistant on the Olympic team, it was different. Like, it's funny. Like, when you're in the Olympics, you don't you don't have managers. There's no managers, A-Ray. Like, remember, we, you know, we had all yeah. these assistants. All, we don't have – it was just me, Steve Kerr, and um, – assistant coach, he was uh, the head coach of Atlanta Hawks at the time. Um, geez, I can't believe I'm blanking. He's assistant with the Pacers now. Blanking his name. But we were the three assistants, and it was Popovich. So, you know, at practice when Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, Damian Lillard, when they wanted to shoot after practice, we had the rebound for him. There was nobody else. There was nobody yeah. else with them, you know. But I loved it. Even before every game, we had to go out on the court and go through their routines with them and rebound with them. But I love that stuff. Like, I loved being an assistant. When you're a head coach, sometimes you, you don't get to do that as much. That trainer part, A-Ray, is what – when I was an assistant, like, that's what I did the most mm -hmm. and, and really loved it. Who would you learn it from? That's a great question. You know, you know who I used to do it with all the time when I, when I was younger? Um, Doug West – you remember Doug West and Gary yeah. Mass? Yeah. In, in my first year at Villanova, I was like 25 years old, so I could still play with those guys. So Doug West and I used to play one-on-one -on -one all the time. And I, and I used to like tape his left hand because he used to flick his thumb. I used to tape his left thumb, make him play one-on-one -on -one with that. And then he went to the NBA and he would come back in the off season and he and I would work out. We'd play one-on-one -on -one all the time. And we would work on skills for him all the time so that's probably where I kind of refined it and then you know other guys saw that we did that and they liked working out with me but that's a good question area I don't I, I don't think I learned that from anybody I think I just you know what it was it was like basketball camps like guys watching guys teach shooting like Herb McGee and Hank Slider these, these shooting instructors I, I learned from them how to teach shooting I really enjoyed doing that. Imagine if you had TikTok right now, how much money you can make posting your workout videos. <laughs> <laughs> I love your mind, A-Ray. I love that business mind, man. Go ahead, OC, because I'm, I'm going to be yeah. asking questions all day. <laughs> no, no, I love it, man. You're in the zone. And, and notice how, Coach, notice how uh, he changed the subject when you brought up the 2005 game against Carolina. Because A-Ray doesn't like talking about that because that was the, the phantom travel call at the end of regulation there. Yeah. And yeah. I ended up costing the game. 
And, he got robbed. Uh, just, he got robbed. He, got, he made he a robbed. great play. I did. What I was, I was most proud about was how he handled it in the press. That was a, that was a big step for us because we hadn't been further than the Sweet 16 at that point. Right. And we really, I mean, A. Ray, for people that don't know, I mean, with I don't know, like 30 seconds left, he made an M1, and the other ref was going to call an M1, and one ref called yeah. a travel, and we would have tied the game. For sure. And it, it ended the game. And, and as you go back and watch it on video, it was not a travel. <laughs> no. <laughs> it wasn't. It was, it wasn't. It was based on out-of-bounds play, right, A-Ray? You shot, faked, and beat the guy and got to the rim? Yeah, yeah. And uh, they could they called the travel. I was I was so tight after that game. But I, I promise you, I was ready to play. I was ready for the season to start the next day. Like, I, yeah. I was ready for the season to start the next day. Like, I'm ready. I, I think I, I don't need no offseason. Like, let's get back <laughs> into it today, tomorrow. I think everything happens for a reason. I think God's got a plan for all of us. And as bad as that was, you just reminded me, A, right? Because I, I forgot about that. You're right. You... I didn't have to do anything the next year to get you guys motivated to to be one of the best teams in the country all from start to finish all year, go to a final eight. I, I, it was you guys just took it. And, and I forgot that that's kind of what your motivation was, that you, you guys knew we were good enough that we could have won it. Mm -hmm. And then everybody came back. You know, nowadays – None of you would have been back. Yeah. Everybody would have left after. Everybody would have gone to the NBA at that year, or everybody would have got paid so much money, NIL money. Somebody would have came in and got you guys. <laughs> Nobody yeah. would have left after that team. You you remember? I don't know if you remember. Me and Randy came into your office. It, this is this is junior year in the summertime, and this is when they just um, announced a rule that that we could test the waters. And. Oh, yeah. And we 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 came in there, <laughs> and we told you, he was like, Coach, uh, you know, we wanted to we wanted to test the waters. You, you remember how that conversation went? I don't think I was happy about it. To be honest, it was yeah, it was a different era. I don't think I was real happy about it. No, nah, I just <laughs> yeah, I, I I remember just it just wasn't it it just wasn't the best thing. It just wasn't what me and Randy wanted to hear. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was a it was a good it was a good decision because we came back and we had a we had a good run. We had a, we had another great, good run. Good, great, you you both were all Americans. Both of you were all Americans. We had two all Americans in our backcourt in the same year. That was that was unbelievable. Yeah, and both wound up playing in the NBA the next year. Both of you, I mean, it that backcourt. I, we have had great backcourts, but that backcourt, I mean, you'd have to say the backcourt, these guys would kill me, but you. <laughs> we, I mean, we, we was the least athletic backcourt. Three, it's three NBA players. You know, did we, did we have, well. Dante guess, was on that team. I guess, but Dante didn't even start. He didn't. You guys started. We had three, and you guys were all Americans. Bump wasn't letting that happen. <laughs> Bump wasn't letting Dante um, start happen. Bump wasn't allowing that. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, uh, 
it, it was, and the other thing was it started in ear. There's, it's funny how, like now I do these CBS games and I go out the day before and I go watch a team practice. And a lot of times the coach will ask me to talk to the team. And then some of the guys, some of the coaches will say, you know, we play three guards or we play four guards. Like this is the guy that started it. And I didn't start it, as you know. I mean, we had it was you, it was you, Randy, and Kyle, and then and Mike. That year, when Curtis got hurt, yeah, and we we really just tried it because Curtis went down, and man, after we did it in, in that that old five year, and I saw what that looked like, I was like, whoa, <laughs> we got something here, man. These dudes can go. Since since we are rec recruiting right now, um, me, Randy, Jason, Curtis, like how how did you pull that off? That was unbelievable. Again, I think things happen for a reason. Um, we were so lucky because I had just come from Hofstra. It was like the perfect storm. I came from Hofstra, and I. I didn't even try to recruit you because I knew you were going to be too good for Hofstra, but the guy on your team, I recruited Chris McRae. Chris McRae, yep. Chris McRae. I recruited him for Hofstra, so I was seeing you all the time, but I knew, I even spoke at your banquet, right? Yeah. Your high school banquet. Yeah. But not for you because I just thought, I was at Hofstra, like this dude's not coming to Hofstra, he's too yeah. good. <laughs> but, but I knew who you were, and then I, Jason... Frazier was on Long Island right by our school. So I was recruiting him for the, just for the hell of it. Mm -hmm. And I was recruiting Curtis because he was in New York. Randy, I didn't know, but Freddie Hill was at Seton Hall. He was recruiting Randy. And Joe Jones was at Villanova recruiting all of you. So then we all came together. And you got a star today, Ray. You were the first one. Remember you were out in Vegas? Probably now look back on it it was probably a violation I'll probably get in trouble for it, but <laughs> remember you got remember something really bad happened to you you were in a hospital my uh my lung I got punctured I got a punctured lung because yeah. I got hit during the game yeah yeah I remember that and I felt so bad I was like because I had known you again not thinking I was recruiting you but I knew you was watching you since you were in ninth grade I was like oh my god this poor kid so I just stopped by the hospital, said by that point we were recruiting you. I was at Villanova, and then um, I think you came back from that and thought like, "All right, man, I might have a punctured lung. Nobody else might want me. I'll go with Jay." I think that's how we got you. Now I remember that, Coach. <laughs> I remember. I, I, I remember. I'm like, man, this dude came all the way to the hospital. Like he's in the hospital with me right now. I probably shouldn't have done that, man. I actually went to the hospital to see your coach to see if you were okay. Yeah. Cause we were all watching, and then you know him, Gary. He's like, just say hello to him. I'm like, I can't, I can't. He goes, go ahead, go ahead and say hello. I was like, oh man, <laughs> I probably would have gotten in trouble for that, but it was, it was, it was innocent. <laughs> exactly. And you, and you were having A Ray call Randy and be like, hey, you got to come to Villanova and play with me, right? Because A Ray loves telling that story. It did. It started the, well, it's kind of started the dominoes because they all respected A Ray. And I think, I think the next one was Curtis because Curtis and A-Ray played against each other in the Catholic League. 
And was it and, and Curtis was the player of the year in the Catholic League, which Alan yeah. and him used to argue about <laughs> all the time. So Curtis, <laughs> but Curtis Curtis was the player of the year, but Curtis really respected A Ray. So when A Ray committed, Curtis committed, and then Randy Foy was like, yo, Randy Foy is kind of like the Jersey guy, not as highly touted at the time as a Ray and Curtis, he was like, well, they're getting those guys. And he came. And then Jason was just Jason. That was a whole, that was a that was a circus, that recruiting man. Not by his fault, just that he was just so highly talented. He is he he had he had he visited Louisville and North Jay Carolina. Freight. Jay Freight was out, coach. He was out after freshman year. He was yes. gone. Yes. He was gone. If he didn't get hurt, he probably was going. He was going to be gone. I've never seen anybody catch a rebound and fling it up the court like Jason Frazier. That's so true. People wouldn't actually remember back then. He could have gone out of high school. Yeah, and he kind of shocked us all that he was going to go to college for a year. And and I I never asked him this, but I wonder if he did it because he knew his knees were bad and he knew he needed to to get his degree because we yeah. found out later that it, like in practice, in practice in high school, he missed a lot of practice because of his knees, but they did a good job hiding that. No one knew it. Yeah. That, I we, didn't know that either. He never said, he never said that to us either. We, we didn't know that. And I, I would, when I was recruiting him, I would go there and if I go there, he'd practice. They told me like the other days they'd hold him out, but athletically. And like you said, Avery throwing outlet passes, man, when he, when he could play and he was healthy, he was incredible. It would have yeah. been an amazing pro. Yeah. And me, me and you talked about recruiting, like, briefly um, a couple of days ago. And uh, you mentioned to me that recruiting now is kind of like free agency. Uh, wh what did you mean by that? And and how is it different from when we were when back in our time in the, the Stone Age? <laughs> well... Even though back in your days, like you, you guys were so good, you wanted to be NBA players, but your parents wanted, they wanted that for you too, but they wanted you to get your degree. So they were looking at a school based on, okay, where, where can my son, you know, have a great basketball career and get coached, but, but also get a valuable degree. And, and that's another thing I learned, A-Ray, about recruiting after you guys left, because you were our first class, but we slipped a little bit after you guys, and then we realized what, as good as you guys were, and you guys were great players, as I said, you guys all played in the NBA, but your parents and the people around you, when you were young and didn't really want to be coached like most young guys, your parents were like making you stick with it, listen to the coaches, even though they didn't agree all the time, but be respectful of coaching. That's what allowed you to get better. We didn't realize it at the time until then a couple of years later, we didn't have the same kind of yeah. support. And we said like, all right, from now on, we're going to get guys. That's, that's really what made Alan Ray, Randy Foy, Curtis Sumter, Jason Frazier. That's really what made those guys great was that the people around them, they didn't agree with us all the time, but they respected coaching and said, stick with the coaches. Now, people are coming in. They're looking at it like free agency where, right, let me see your roster. Where Where is he going to fit in now? 
how much money is he going to make now? And then we'll decide if, if this playing time and this money fits like, like a free agent would, you know, like they might like the school, but if the roster doesn't fit, they don't, they don't care. They're, they're not, they're not saying, okay, we'll go there and get our degree. If we got to wait a couple years till we play good. No, no, the top players aren't looking at it like that anymore. Yeah, Coach, that 2006 team was the best team in the country, along with UConn and Duke probably the entire year, yeah. uh, up until that final eight, losing to another eventual champion in Florida. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about playing in that old Big East, going to some crazy hostile environments, when you guys went to UConn when they were ranked top five, Louisville, Pitt, West Virginia, like just some of those environments. Can you, can you walk us through what your guys' mindset was and, and how the guys were able to handle it? It, it was incredible. And, and as good as it, it's, it's actually starting to get that way a little bit now. It hasn't it been a long time because guys are staying in college. Because back then, the great player, like, as I said, Randy, Randy was like the seventh pick in the draft. Allen played, got signed immediately out of college by the Celtics. They played four years. There's been a while where those guys just don't do that haven't done that for a while, but now they're starting to do it again, and it's making college basketball good again. We had uh, Mello. Mello did that um, when 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 we was at Nova during my time. He, but he was just one and done. He was like the rare case. It wasn't too many one and one and dones back then. Exactly, exactly. And and now that's why you see teams like like the the, the coach um, at Ohio State just just got fired, and he's got great sophomores on that team they're going to be really good he's got a great sophomore class but chris holtman was trying to build a program but they're playing against now seniors graduate seniors are still covid seniors are still playing guys 23 years old. you can't win with those guys anymore and that happened with us with alan and randy and curtis and jason when they were freshmen and sophomores we were good their sophomore year we were ranked number two in the country preseason but as we got going in the season, playing against those old heads at Pitt, Pitt was brutal oh back then, man. They were beast. Just Syracuse team full of veterans. Yeah, and and UConn would have like these big guys that would redshirt, and they'd have like five of them, and and they stay for three, four years, and they just pound you. And you got these little sophomores who were really good, but we would just get beat up. And then when we got to the juniors, <laughs> we started to be those guys, you know. It's funny when Kyle Lowry just got traded to the Hornets. You know, it was a little tough couple of days there because he had to go in and do a um, he, he had to, he had to get a physical and go through some things, clear waivers and and stuff like that. And he and I were texting. I was just making sure he's okay. And I was coming home from doing the Iowa State Kansas game, and I'm on a plane. And he and he texts me, "This is what I'm doing right now." And he sent me a copy of the 2006 Villanova at Louisville game. And <laughs> it was Louisville's first, he was watching that game. It was Louisville's first Big East game. And we had to go there at Louisville, Rick Pitino's first Big East game ever. And we were I, we were like top five in the country or something. Man, we were, I, so I'm on the plane. So I'm like, oh, I'm watching this. So I watched it all the way home. And A-Ray, you, I don't know if he hit you. Did Kyle hit you? 
Um, no, I had uh, I had talked to him maybe like a day or two after he got traded. I Facetime with him, and this dude is on the treadmill running. Oh, he's <laughs> he's he's a worker now, man. But yeah, as you know, back in the day, whoo. But he and I were texting back and forth about you because I'm watching this game, and I text I text Kyle. I'm like, I knew Allen was crazy, but holy shit, this. What he did in this game was was crazy. You were taking the wildest shots, and you you'd hit, you'd take a shot. I'm watching. This is all these years later. I'm watching. Like, what is he doing? Coach, right? I do the same thing. And then the next time down, he'd do it again. I'd be like, what is he doing? Oh my god, what a shot! You drill a three. It it was unbelievable. And I'm texting Kyle. I'm like, all these years later, I'm like. I never realized Allen was wild and he hit big time shots. And Kyle's hitting me back and texting. He's like, we didn't know what he was going to do. And the, and our opponents didn't know what they do. And they were scared to death of him. I was like, you're right. <laughs> and you got to have a guy like that. He was, you were our guy. I look you back. Unbelievable I, shots in that game. I look back at my, my percentage and I'm like, wow, I, sh- I shot 37% because I know some of the shots I, I used to, I do the same thing. I watch the games. I'd be like, damn. <laughs> I'd be like, damn, like I don't know how I'm out on the bench after that shot right there. <laughs> we we would be like, we we were we were good. We were really good. And Jay Frey, it was like Jason Frazier were talking about, he was healthy that game. He was a monster. Mm-hmm. But Louisville were playing at um what was the old place they used to play at? There was a famous they had Final Fours in there. Um What's the name of it, OC? They're in the Yum Center That's now, it. but yeah, KFC Yum Center. Let's see. What That's where they here. play now. But it was the other place that would, they used to have Final Fours. It was old. That place. I know was you're talking packed. about. And they were so excited to be in the Big East. And they'd make a run at us, and A Ray would come down and hit a crazy shot, and the whole place would just go silent. And then we'd come down, get a stop. It was, it was, it was a big time win because they were good. Just sink and the they heart were out there. So hard up for that game. Is that when Kyle, when Kyle got that steal? And he took that one dribble and got all the way to the rim, got an and one on the up and under. I don't, it was in the uh, beginning of the game it happened. It it it, it definitely could it definitely could have been. You got you, you, Randy, and Kyle were unbelievable in that game. And and Jason Frazier was a beast, like what we all hoped he would be. Yeah. Like he would have a game or two like that and then get then get hurt. You know, his knee would Give out and he couldn't play for a couple, but we were. I was watching that game going like I knew we were good, but wow, it was impressive, man. Yeah, but Kyle and I were having a great fun time. I can't believe he didn't hit you because we were going back and forth laughing about you, man. It was so funny. Nah, he, he probably forgot, but he always be hitting me and like be teasing me and stuff like that. <laughs> but me, me and Kyle, we talk a lot. Um, Ran, I talked to Ran too. Um, Nards, everybody, That's awesome. Yeah, That's I talked awesome. to everybody. I, I told that. I told you, Coach. I, I just try to be that guy for everybody. I love that, man. I love that. And how about hey, our coach. Boy, Randy Foy is running, is the president of the collective. He's yeah. doing he's doing an incredible job. Big man things. Shout out to Randy Foy. It's my brother. He's yeah, impressive. And coach, you mentioned Phil Booth earlier too. We had him on the show. He was he was great, but his similarities with a Ray and oh. he, he said he said Co- Coach Wright pushes certain players to do things they don't think they can do. Uh, you know, can you can you give us some examples of, of times where 
where you would do that, where you would push your guys to, to see if you can, you know, get something extra out of them? You know, I, I really, it's different when you look back on it now. And, 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 and I, just like I was watching A-Ray in a game and he was crazy. And, and I look back on it now and like, I was a little crazy. But I would look at a guy and I just knew, you know, if I recruited a guy, when I would recruit a guy, like I'd fall in love with him. I'd be like, just, I'd look at him and say like, he's really good. But if he came with us, he could be so good. Like, and, and like with A-Ray, he, he was by far our best shooter. Like we'd have a rule with the assistant coaches. I would tell the coaches, like, if we go three or four possessions and don't get him a shot, tell me. Yeah. We just needed, you knew he'd make a high percentage, but you also knew the opponent feared him and you had to keep going to him because it stretched the defense because they didn't want him to get threes. But I really thought because of his length and his quickness and his speed, I thought he could be, like defensive player of the year. He wasn't as interested in that when he was playing for us. <laughs> he and I would battle. He would back because he would just think, look, if I give up a basket. I'm just going to go. I'll, I'll just go score on him. And he was and he was right. But I wanted him to be the best. Like I wanted him to be the best offensive player. Because I always thought, like, if you're that good offensively that they can't guard you and you're that quick and that athletic, if they can't guard you, and you should be able to guard them. Yeah. You should be able to guard anybody. So that was our little battle with Avery. I, I made him stay one time and practice until he got in the defensive drill. I made him get like a certain number of stops in a row. And he was mad. I made him do it. And I kept making him do it. And, and it went on in practice for like 15, 20 minutes. And he got pissed at me. And then I got pissed at him, threw him <laughs> out of practice. I was a legendary AD. I was a legendary A Ray defensive drill. But then he'd come back the next day, he'd be great. Yeah, that's when Coach Coach Pinkney got me off the court and escorted me into the into the into the locker room. But at that <laughs> time, I didn't really understand like the effort you needed on defense. You know what I'm saying? Like it's 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 a it's a different type of effort that's needed to be a good defender. You could you could squeak by sometimes, but if you really wanted to be a good defender, like it it was a certain certain amount of effort. So. I could I could tell you that right now. I didn't always play with with that with that effort all the time. I didn't understand it, but I I do now. And <laughs> when I was playing professionally, I I definitely did understand it. Um, you know what's interesting about that, A? Yeah, you guys didn't have. You were the first class, so it was just me getting on you guys and pushing you guys. You didn't have somebody ahead of you to see them do it to you every day. Mm -hmm. And I always felt like, remember we would practice and you, we had Dante Cunningham and Dwayne Anderson. When you, you guys were seniors then, right? Yeah. And you guys used to just torch them. Mm -hmm. And, and um, Shane Clark, <laughs> and you guys would just kill them. And you back, by the time you guys got to be seniors, you would really defend hard and physical and you'd kill them. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, these guys are either going to, like quit and leave here because they're getting forced <laughs> or they're going to be really good because they're seeing what I'm asking them to do. They're seeing these guys do it and they're doing it to them. And you guys never had that because you were the first class. There was no one ahead of you. Yeah. And I always felt like those guys were the first group that took us to a final four, but it was really you guys 
showing them and teaching them how to do it and them feeling it. And it's what made them the players they were. And then that's what we kept going. Like the older guys always beat on the younger guys and really taught them and took responsibility for that. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you, coach, do you think that has any effect on this year's team? Because we got some transfers that came in and, you know, they, I hate saying that they don't know the Villanova way, but, you know, obviously it's adjustment and they have to learn it. So guys like Mark Armstrong really doesn't have somebody to really show him the way, you know, like, do you think that's uh, something that's going on this year with this year's team? Definitely. And it's, it's nobody's fault. And that's what I hope like our Villanova people can appreciate. It's going to take Kyle some time to get guys in there. You know, like if a Brendan, like Brendan Housen gets it, like he was kind of like that in high school. He gets it. Amazing. So if he comes back and then he's teaching the younger guys and, and the other guys that come back, understand what it is. But when you come in as a, transfer it's not that you don't want to do it like you know like when you were a freshman sophomore you wanted to do it you just didn't you didn't understand you said it perfectly the yeah. intensity level yet and like if justin moore would have been healthy this year and he was in practice every day and he was kicking mark armstrong's butt every day doing all the things that we teach mark armstrong would be like wow but like this dude's really good <laughs> Yeah, and this is why he's this is why he's really good. But like Justin can't practice a lot and missed a lot because he was hurt. So Mark Armstrong's having some success in practice and thinking, well, why do I have to do this stuff? I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good right now, you know. Yeah. And then you get to games and the real good teams, Connecticut's, Marquette's, they're doing that stuff to you. So you learn by getting beat, and that's we did that when you were young, eh, Ray? Like we got. We got beat, and you guys learned. Yeah, and I wanted to ask you about that too. Like, what would you say to to people out there, you know, that don't understand this process? You know, we went through this, coach. We we had a downtime when you first got here, and you know, I, I think people just don't understand that it's a process, and things just don't happen right away. That's a great point, and the difference is. When we all did this together, um, we we weren't we weren't we weren't coming off NCAA tournaments and Final Fours and people didn't and they had more patience with us. Yeah, but I, I hope that Villanova people would understand the patience has to come from like you know we got transfers in they're they're good guys like they they respect Villanova they respect the Villanova community we didn't. We didn't bring in guys that were like bad dudes that were like, I don't care about this place. I'm just going to come in, get mine, and go to the NBA. Like, no, they're good all. guys. And and they're trying to learn it. And we just – we got to be patient. And it might take another year. But what, what, what it's about is they're good students. They're good guys. They believe in the Villanova culture. And we've got to be – we've got to dare to be different than all these other schools, you know, just – Blowing everything up, bringing in all transfers, you know, guys spending money. Yeah, one guy comes in, one guy leaves. Like, we got to keep our guys around. Start let Kyle build his culture, continue this culture, and and what what I really respect about this team this year is like 
they don't they don't quit, man. They they keep playing. They battle. Like that Xavier game, there was so many times on the road they could have given in on that game, never did. Mm-hmm. And and that's really what we what we appreciate at Villanova that that you never you never give up. You battle. You compete every possession, and you take pride in in wearing that that Villanova jersey, and you respect the guys that came before you. And I think those guys do. They do, coach. Yeah, coach and I what, agree with you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then, coach, when when you're watching these games, do you sit back and enjoy watching them, or are you you watch them as a coach? And if like if you were still there on the sideline, is is it tough to to, to watch it leisurely? Yeah, it is. I, I I go to week I go to weeknight games at home. I go to weekends. I'm doing CBS, um, and I talk to Kyle all the time, and I'll pop in once a week for practice, just pop in, say hello. So I'm trying to balance between, I'm always, Kyle and I talk a lot. And I still talk to some of the older guys on the team, text with them. But it honestly, it is torture. Even when we win, it is torture for me. I never, <laughs> I never realized that. I got two things going. My son's a head high school basketball coach and watching Villanova games. And they're like my, they're like my sons, Kyle's like my younger brother. I, it kills me. I, I I never thought it was gonna affect me like this. I'm dying, man. And I'm if I'm at the game, I gotta act like I'm not, but I am dying. I would be too if I was you, coach. Oh. One more question. I, I got I gotta ask you about Jalen and uh and Josh. Like the these two guys, they're like comedians, like together. Oh. Yeah, they had a knockout punch. How how were they when you were coaching them? Josh was like you, A Ray, just like that's, you. That's what I thought you said. That's what I thought you was gonna compare me to about like well, being Phil a was, clown type. Phil kind I was of, hoping it was Josh. Phil was like in my mind because he came after him. He was our late because we really haven't had anybody since Phil that was like that, that was really good and and was a clown. But yeah. Josh was before him. Okay. Josh was classic, classic. Like <laughs> that dude, he, he, he just, he's got, he's really smart. He went to Sidwell friends in DC. He's really smart. So he knows exactly what he's doing. Like I just, you know, I just texted both of them and said like, yo, I just want you, I can't respond to all these people texting me, calling me for responses to crazy shit that you say, on a podcast, like I, I all these like, well, what'd you think about this? Did they really do this? Thing? I'm like, I can't respond to all this. So, but this one guy from the New York Post told me, like, Josh is such a clown. He came in after one game and something happened in the game. He came into the locker room and all the media were in there. He's like, I demand a trade. I want to get traded. And the, and the guy's like, he's such a clown. Like he said it seriously, but we all know it's Josh Hart. Like he, yeah. We're not even going to take it. If anybody else said that, that would have been a great story. He's like, we all know he's going to come up with something funny about that, and and only he could get away with it. And then Jalen likes to play the straight man off him. And <laughs> if I have, if I have the four of them in a text, I'll always text like, all right, guys, I'm talking about something, and I said, make sure Josh reads this because he doesn't <laughs> respond. Because they all, they'll hit me right away. He's like 50-50. And then he'll text me back like, Coach, 
I would respond, but I'm really worried about Arch since they guaranteed his contract. His head's getting really big. And I think Jalen now is an all-star, has lost control of his humility. You know, he's like, just, it's never, it's, it's never what you want to talk about. It's never serious. He's a clown. Or he's, but when, when it's time to compete, there's nobody to compete like him. I love his motor. I love his motor up and down the car. I love it. Love yeah. it. Yeah. I, I mean, coach, if it's Jalen, Josh, Dante, if, say, if Ryan was still there and Mikel on the Knicks, I mean, how do you not want to coach them just a little bit, at least for one game? Yeah, coach. Like, how do you don't, don't want to coach the Knicks? Like people, people were wondering. <laughs> I'm they they got a great coach and I'm enjoying this. I I, I mean I honestly got I'm enjoying this. Like Abraham, you know Abraham and I would text, we talk when he comes around, but you don't have the time. Now I got the time to hang with guys, you know, and 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 and, and spend time with former players and 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 I'm really enjoying it. And I I miss that. Like early when we first started, like I could, when we first started, I could hang out with you guys more. Then when it got bigger and we got more successful, it was just harder. It was, there was so much to do. So I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying just being a regular person, being able to hang with our guys. And we got oh, bigger or you got bigger. That's why, you could, that's why we couldn't hang around. The whole thing got big. The oh, whole God. thing just got too big. The whole thing, not too big. It just got big. As soon as you got that yeah. Range Rover coach, we, <laughs> we lost we lost access to him. Hey, coach, last one for me. Uh, my family would kill me if I didn't ask you this. 2016 second round, you guys beat Iowa, who was a really good team. They were ranked in the top five. Everyone was kind of picking them to win. We had finally gotten out of that first weekend, right? Go to the Sweet 16. We kicked the crap out of them at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. You come in to the locker room. There's a video of you. And you're totally psyched out of your mind. You give this awesome fist bump. Can you just take me, take us back to that moment in time where you were just so fired up to be moving, moving on? Well, as, as you remember, the couple years before that, we lost in the second round. And we were number one seed the year before that. And we lost to NC State. Right. And, and, and our guys were getting criticized, you know, and I felt so, I felt so bad for them. And, and I would, the, the year before that, and A-Ray, you, you know how much this means to me in our program. We were playing NC State in that game, that that one eight game, and we were, we're you know we're supposed to win and we're fighting back, and Javon Pinkston, who was, was a handful but a great loyal guy, you know we're going down the stretch and it's a tight game and he's in the huddle and he's going, just keep playing Villanova basketball, just play Villanova basketball to the last second, and like that, that's what we're all about, like that's all we ever wanted to do. And they were such great guys, and they were a great team. And that team won the most games of anybody up to that point. And yet, yet they're getting criticized, you know. Now that most of them come back the next year, and everyone's like, I don't care what they do. They got to compare to – I think we won the Big East tournament. I think we won the Big East championship. Everyone's like, I don't care. They got to get past the second round or they're bums, you know. Yeah. So I was just so happy for them. And they, you're right. Like, everybody going to that game – Everybody was nervous, but no one was talking about it. Even our president told me later, he's like, I was nervous. Like, I didn't want to listen to the alumni. I didn't want to listen to the alumni killing me again, telling me I got to get rid of you because we can't get past the second round. So I was so relieved for everybody, especially the players. And our everybody was nervous except the players. They went out and they jumped on Iowa, man. They were so confident. 
remember Arch took like a Arch took like a 40 foot. We were up like 20 towards the end of the half, and Arch took like a 40 footer. And I was killing them coming off the court. I'm like, what? They were just so <laughs> confident. They were they were just so they were so amped and so confident. They they were awesome. So I was so proud of them and so happy for them. And everybody, I was happy for everybody because all Villanova people were tired of losing in the second round. People that were supporting us were tired of supporting us because we kept losing in the second round. People <laughs> that hated us were tired of criticizing us. Everybody was just tired of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's safe to say you guys uh, certainly made up for for those two losses uh, in the in the second round there. But man, I had to ask that one because that's an iconic moment i feel like that it's like a gift that everyone loves to use of you doing the fist bump uh, jalen brunson's all fired <laughs> yeah. up you guys are it's awesome that's like the only time i ever did that really even <laughs> exactly exactly and stuff like that really is <laughs> exactly oh man so coach right we really appreciate you hopping on raining threes with alan and i we've had an absolute blast seriously thank you so much love hanging with you guys man proud of you hey ray proud of you mike it's a great job on this people love it appreciate you coach uh thank you for coming you, on and we got to do it again. I can still it. talk for another hour. Ah, oh, man. Great <laughs> being with you guys. Jay Wright, ladies and gentlemen. A-Ray, I mean, talk about some of the best guests that we've had on, like former players, former coaches, analysts. We've got the man, the myth, the legend, GQJ in our midst. Just chopped it up with him for about an hour, man. That was a ton of fun. And uh, really just appreciate Coach Wright joining us and, and really just uh, just not holding anything back, man. That was that was great. It was. Like you said, the man, the myth, the legend joined us on the podcast. It was it was great. It was a great feeling having him on there. And like you said, he didn't hold back. You know, we asked him about this year's team and how he felt. And, you know, we, we even talked about that one little problem, which right. was, uh, you know, the leadership with guys in the – in the leadership role, the older guys, them being transfers and not being brought up in the Villanova, Villanova system, like through recruiting and stuff like that. So I think that's something that's real important for for people who listen to this to to take note of and and, and take into consideration. And then he preached patience, and you know it's not going to happen right away, which basically we all been saying for a long time. But you know it just is what it is, and people just have to accept it. How you feel, O.C.? No, that's exactly right. And he mentioned Justin Moore's health being a, a major True. factor of that as well. And that's the problem, right? You know, J-Mo isn't able to get out there and, and give Mark and, and Brendan and all the other guards uh, the business for, you know, an entire practice every day just because he, he, he can't do it. He just doesn't have his legs under him like he used to. And Eric, you know, he's he's a great leader, but he's he plays a different position. You know, he's do. in the front court, and it's unfortunate that Nana and Joku – uh, had season-ending surgery. I thought that he was going to take some strides this season. I'm, you know, We saw he already did uh, in the early stages in the non-conference when he played well against North Carolina and gave us some key minutes there. But uh, Lance Ware, Tyler Burton, TJ Bamba, you know, Hakeem Hart, these guys are, are Villanova basketball-type guys. They are, but they haven't been here long enough to, to, really, to really work and grow and progress year after year after year, which is what we're so used to when it comes to success in this program. He mentioned it. Coach Wright mentioned it. You guys started that. You were the first to have the guys underneath you work up to the point from getting their ass kicked in practice by you guys every single day. 
And that obviously worked because that 2009 team that went through hell every day, getting bodied by you, Kyle, Mike, Bump, it, it, it really paid dividends because they went to the Final Four in 2009 with Shane Clark, Reggie Redding, Dwayne Anderson, some junkyard dogs that were veterans, seasoned veterans, and would just, you know, beat the crap out of each other in practice, man. That's, that was the name of the game. And just, uh, just to go through the timeline of the early stages of Coach Wright, starting with Coach Massimino, talked about, talking about his time at Hofstra, into then recruiting you, Jay Frey, Curtis, and Randy. Oh, man, it, it was incredible. So I'm, I'm hoping that our listeners and our viewers enjoy this as much as, as, much as I have. It's, it's been unbelievable. No, definitely. There's a lot of gems in here. It's a real good, genuine conversation for a lot of people out there who, who've never had a conversation with Coach. Like, you get to see how he is off camera. Like, that's that's classic Coach, right? Joking around, laughing, and you don't really get to see all of that on TV all the time. So it was it, it's really good. And, you know, he said a, a lot of things about Villanova, which uh you can take. Like like I said, he was dropping them gems. So it's really good episode that you could get a lot from, and especially if you're a Villanova fan. Like, this one has got to be up there for you. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, that's what we do here at Rain and Threes, eh, Ray? We, we bring this type of content to Big East fans, to college basketball fans in general, but especially Villanova fans. I mean, how could you not want to, to tune in and, and listen to an old teammate one of the OGs of the program under Jay Wright and Alan Ray and his old coach just chopping it up for, for an hour, man. It, it was a pleasure just to, to honestly just be witness to it and, and be able to chime in here and there. I had a lot of fun, man. And, uh, hey, we've got a lot of work to do moving forward. It's We're about to get really busy uh, heading into Big East tournament time. Uh, we're hoping Villanova can kind of put together some wins and, and continue to, to pique our interest because it's right there for the taking, A Ray. We've got Georgetown. Uh, coming up, Butler, a trip to UConn. And, you know, if a couple things go our way, we could be patiently waiting on Selection Sunday, hoping that we'll we'll hear our name called. So that that's the, that's the name of the game moving forward down the stretch here uh, as we you know, turn the clock from February into March. So it's going to be fun. And I uh, just want to say, really appreciate you, A-Ray, our, our guy, Nick McGow, Slick Nick. Nick at night doing his thing behind the glass, making sure the show is on the rails. And uh, it's just been a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I, I'm honored to be here uh, with you guys again tonight. Georgetown. That's who we got next. Next time right. we hop on this microphone, I do not want to be sitting here talking about us losing to Georgetown. I not don't. Not going to happen, A-Ray. All right. All right. Not going to happen. Let's do it. We're going we're gonna to take it to Ed Cooley and those, those Hoyas, man. Don't worry. I, I have a good feeling about that. We, we just played our best game of the season, at least in a long time. Again, Seton Hall on Sunday, man, beating them 80-54. to 54. That was a ton of fun to watch. And I, I'm sensing that this team is starting to put it together at the right time. And I really think, guys, like, you know, Coach Wright even mentioned it. Brendan Housen, a guy is really starting to step up. He gets it. And I feel like if he's going to continue to knock down shots, we're going to see a lot of success uh, moving forward with, with him, Eric Dixon, TJ Bamba, and a little help from uh, some, some slashers on the wing. I think we'll be able to get enough wins, get in that 18-19 range to, to to wind up playing in the big dance, man. So I'm fired up. I could go on for another hour. Like yeah, you hyped today. You hyped today, right OC. Yeah, I, and I'm sick too, man. I'm under the weather. So I'm just, I'm geeked up right now, man. Seriously. 
Okay. This my uh this is my son FaceTiming me right now. Should I take yeah, this on air? Be like, yo, I was just talking with Coach Right. Yeah, why not? All right. Let me see. <laughs> What's up, A Ray? Huh? <laughs> Did I just start? Yeah. Nah, I'm I'm almost finished. What you doing? Yeah, I'm like I'm literally recording right now and like everybody <laughs> hear you. What's good? <laughs> What's up, man? All right. Later. I love it. I'm I would been cool if Jay if Jay was on for that. Like, yo, Coach Wright, say what's up. Say what's up. My son would have been like... Next next generation. Exactly. My son would have been putting in his uh, pitch to come to Villanova. That's exactly <laughs> what he would have did. That's great, man. That's great. Well, hey, A-Ray, appreciate you, my friend. It's been a blast uh, moving forward. We got a lot of great work, a lot of great more, more guests to, to bring to Rain and Threes, man. It's been a lot of fun tonight. So shout out to Coach Wright. Thank you so much for taking the time to join Rain and Threes. So... With Alan Ray, I'm your host, Mike O'Connell. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the latest edition of Rain and Threes, and we'll catch you guys next time. Peace out.